gentlemen, it's time for the Liberty Cast with Big E, the man who makes the founders seem like moderates. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Liberty Cast. I'm your host, Big E. And uh, I apologize for not having a show last week. Um, I was a little under the weather, and you can probably still hear it in my voice uh, this week. I'm at the tail end of it now. I think it's I think it's uh, passed, and I'll be able to get back into the into the swing of things, get back to my workout routine, get back to feeling like a human being. But uh, in the meantime, there has been a lot of news uh and when there's no possible way we're going to get through it all between last week and this week um but there are some things i i do want to talk about this week uh it's the christmas season so we have uh your usual war on christmas that's being waged and uh, i'm going to get into that a little bit i also want to talk about some gun laws that are being proposed in new york it's absolutely ridiculous and uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, I might get into the issue with uh, the protests over in France, the yellow jacket protests or yellow vest protests. I'm in Texas. We have yellow jackets. And I also want to talk about something uh, that I see a lot, um, whether it's in social media and, and even on 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 news programs and opinion shows and stuff like that. And it's this concept of what about ism. And I want to talk about that a little bit and and break down why that is not the debate no-no that the left likes to make it out to be whenever you uh, respond in such a way. But uh, that's the rundown, a partial rundown, because like I said, there's a lot to get into. But uh, let's go ahead and get started. Round one. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been hoping that you drop so in. very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your My hurry? My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace so roar. So really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't well, hurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. Put some records on while I fall. The neighbors might But think. baby, it's bad out there. Say, what's in this drink? Caps to be had out there. So the left has been waging this war on Christmas for seeming like forever these days. And just this past week, um, or maybe it's been a couple of weeks now, the left has banned that song from the radio. Now, it's not, um, it's not a traditional Christmas carol. I understand that. But it is associated with Christmas because it's, it's I guess, because it's the wintertime. And, I mean, it didn't just start with this. I mean, we can go all the way back to... Uh, the insistence of using happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas going back, I don't know, 20, 25 years. And now here we are again with this madness. Now, it was banned because some radio stations deemed it misogynistic and kind of rapey. She says what's in the drink. I mean, it could have been alcohol. I mean, it's the song is a reflection of the times in which it was written. Obviously, that's not to suggest that everything from a bygone era that is a reflection of that bygone era should be given a pass just because it is in the past. Obviously, that's not what I'm saying because you could take that to mean pretty much anything up to and including slavery. And obviously, that is not what I'm saying. But it's about a guy trying to seduce a girl. I mean, and of course, that still goes on to this day. But how much do you want to bet 
that that station or others that have banned that song have enthusiastically played misogynistic rap songs by Jay-Z, Eminem, Rick Ross. I mean, take your pick. So it's clearly, clearly not the song. It's about what it represents. And then we have the left railing against Rudolph. Rudolph, yes, he's, he's being bullied throughout that, throughout that movie. But the point is not about glorifying the bullying taking place. It's about what he did to overcome the hardship of being bullied and then the, the success that he went on to achieve after that. I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really at a loss as to what, what is going on in the mind of these people on the left. But the ridiculousness continues because a principal of an elementary school in Omaha, Nebraska, sent a memo to her staff. She, she's uh, a new principal. She sent a memo to her staff detailing the Christmas decorations that she was going to ban. And on the list of not acceptable Christmas decorations or practices are Christmas trees in classrooms, playing Christmas music, singing Christmas carols, reindeer, and I'm assuming that it's depictions of Santa and his sleigh and the reindeer on the sleigh, um, making Christmas ornaments as gifts, and elf on a shelf. Now what were acceptable um, decorations are snowmen, snowflakes, gingerbread people, penguins, I'm not sure what that has to do with Christmas, but okay, hot chocolate, scarves, and a few other various and sundry items. I mean, it's, it, it's just a winter celebration at that point. Now, the school district put this woman on administrative leave, saying that she did not consult with administrators about school policy. If you tell a lie long enough, eventually the person telling that lie is going to start to believe it. And if they tell it long enough, even the people who didn't believe it at first are going to start to believe it. One of the many lies that the left has been telling us is that there's no war on Christmas. Uh, I submit the past 25 years as evidence to the contrary. But if you think that that is the, the most egregious bomb dropped on the Christmas season, and mean, bear in mind, this is coming from somebody who's not a, a, a huge holiday Christmas person. Uh, I understand the meaning of the holiday. I think that that meaning has gotten lost in all the commercialism. And I have not enthusiastically celebrated Christmas in 25 years. But there is a war on Christmas. And if you thought, like I said, if you thought that that was the, the, the biggest bomb dropped on it, listen to this. An associate professor of clinical psychology and sexuality at Minnesota State University in Mankato uh, by the name of Eric Sprankle has criticized the biblical Christmas story, saying that the God of the Bible is predatory. He also talked about um, put it in the context of today's power dynamic and saying that someone in authority has the power to coerce a subordinate to do their bidding by virtue of the, uh, that power disparity. And this, is what he, he, this, is, this was his, his tweet that, that sparked this. The virgin birth story is about an all-knowing, all-powerful deity impregnating a human teen. There is no definition of consent that would include that scenario. Happy Holidays. So what he's basically saying is that God is a predator. God is a sexual predator, according to this person. So much ridiculousness. So much wrong with that, with that statement, with that sentiment. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 38. 
And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now that is the end of the story where the angel is appearing to Mary, telling her that the Holy Spirit is upon her and that she will bear a child and his name will be Jesus. And that was her response. I mean, if you if you if you're applying 21st century rules and customs to biblical times, that's still consent. But you can't do that because it's just not that, that that's not the way these things work. And how much would you like to bet that this guy has no issues with a six, seven, eight, nine year old boy identifying as a girl and doing drag shows or going on puberty blockers? How much do you want to bet that he has no issues with these pedophiles who believe that their attraction to children is just a preference in sexual partners? I mean, come on. This is this is beyond stupidity. This is beyond ridiculousness. This is and I mean, let's be real for Christians. This is blasphemous. But for people who are not uh, devout Christians, I'm not even sure that a word exists to describe just how ridiculous this is. I mean, absurd doesn't cut it. Ludicrous doesn't cut it. Preposterous doesn't begin to cut it. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. <sighs> but we're going to leave that there and take a quick break. I, uh, I went pretty long on that segment. But when we get back, we're going to talk about New York's new proposed gun law and what that means for law-abiding citizens like you and me. Welcome back to the Liberty Cast. I'm your host, Big E. And uh, now we're going to talk about New York. Round two. So State Senator Kevin Parker, a Democrat, obviously, from Brooklyn, uh, has proposed a new gun law that will require applicants for gun permits to turn over their social media passwords. So if approved, it would allow an officer investigating somebody for um, being allowed to, to carry a gun in the state of New York, it would allow the investigating officer to obtain any login name, password, or any other means necessary to review this applicant's social media accounts and search history going back three years. The proposed purpose of this is to scrutinize uh, applicants' social media history for hateful speech, terroristic threats, before they get a permit to carry a handgun or a permit or, or get their handgun permit renewed in the state of New York, as if anyone needed any other reasons to hate that state. But anyway, I digress. But I have a, a, a few questions about this. First of all, who gets to decide what is an acceptable post and what is not? Who gets to decide what is hate speech and what is not? And how is this in any way constitutional? What, what is it about the Constitution 
and the rights protected by that constitution that the left so despises. They are laser focused on taking away our Second Amendment rights. And it makes absolutely no sense when the laws that they are championing will have no effect on the criminals that pay no attention to the laws in the first place. The problem is with the enforcement of the current laws. Just look at Sheriff Israel's criminal incompetence in Parkland. And not just Sheriff Israel, but uh, the FBI has some accountability uh, in that incident as well. And then we have the United States Air Force uh, failing to report the Sutherland Springs shooter's record to, to Nick's. And this allowed him to legally purchase the weapons that he used in, in that massacre in, in, in Texas. There was uh, an IG report that just came out last Friday, which stated that the Air Force investigators who spoke to the Sutherland Springs shooter failed on four separate occasions to fingerprint him and turn those prints over to the FBI, any one of which would have precluded him from being able to buy any weapons. The report also said that the Air Force failed twice to submit its final report of his case to the FBI. Now, I am an Air Force veteran. I love the Air Force. I love all branches of the military. But that is just unacceptable. And it's just another example of how the enforcement of current laws could have prevented a lot of the tragedies that sparked the anti-constitutionalists to attack law-abiding gun owners and seek to take our guns away. And as I've said before, if we faithfully enforce the laws that are currently on the books and these things still happen at the rate at which they're happening currently, then I will be on board with, reluctantly, albeit, but I will be on board with finding some new laws that might help prevent these things. But until such time, no, uh, -uh. the laws that are currently on the books are sufficient. And until they are enforced to the fullest extent, there's no need for any more. Now, State Senator Parker, he introduced this bill uh, in response to the shooting on October 27th at the uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh in which 11 people were killed. The shooter in that case had published, I guess, several anti-Semitic posts on social media uh, prior to his his uh, massacre in that in that synagogue, all of the weapons used in this massacre were purchased legally. And let, let's be perfectly clear about something: regardless of whatever gun laws are in place, if somebody is bent on doing someone else harm, they will find a way to do it. Whether it's to purchase guns illegally whether it's to use scissors, whether it's to use bombs, they're going to do it. And no amount of legislation is going to legislate that evil out of their hearts. It's just not going to happen. But it doesn't really matter because this is not about, well, maybe on some level it might be about preventing tragedies. But I think more importantly for the left, this is about making sure that you and I, law-abiding gun owners, have our rights curtailed, if not completely taken away, because the only people that deserve guns in their minds 
are the people that are protecting them. And then that begs the question, well, if you take guns away from law-abiding gun owners, who, according to many, are, are terrorists and baby killers, so if you take our guns away, what do you need protection from? Oh, that's right. The other people who could give less than a damn about gun laws and are going to get their guns illegally regardless. So they deserve protection from them, but you and I do not. Got it. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and take another break. And when we get back, uh, I'm going to talk about whataboutism. Welcome back to the Liberty Cast. I'm your host, Big E. And uh, in this segment, I want to talk about something that, that comes up a lot these days, and it's this, uh, this notion of whataboutism. Round three. So it's no secret that we find ourselves in a very polarized political climate. And something that I've been seeing a lot of uh, on news shows, on opinion shows, on social media, is this concept of whataboutism. Whataboutism is defined as the technique or practice of responding to an accusation or difficult question by making a counter-accusation or raising a different issue altogether. The most recent example that I can think of is when Donald Trump's Border Patrol used tear gas or CS gas or OC on kids. And it's like, well, ho- hold on a second. He didn't use it on kids. There were kids in a group of men that were storming the border. And that was the only way to disperse the crowd. And not only that, but under Obama's administration, CBP used it frequently. Some reports say they used it once a month. In 2013, I believe it was used 141 times or something along those lines. And then the left will say, well, that is classic whataboutism, isn't an argument, and who cares about what happened years ago anyway? But it is actually an argument because the first thing I said was that they were storming the border and that was the best way to control the crowd. But the second part of that, while it may not be a direct affirmation of or proof of a point, whatever that may be, it is still essential to the core of the debate, regardless of whatever the subject is, and that is principles. Whenever you're debating someone or arguing a point, there needs to be some basic guidelines or standards. So when the leftist says Trump colluded with Russia, with no proof of collusion, mind you, but then you respond and say, Well, what about Hillary Clinton and the DNC actually paying for a fake dossier that was used to ruin the lives of several Trump campaign staffers and White House staffers? That's not whataboutism. That's trying to establish a set of standards or principles. 
or when someone mentions Donald Trump paying Stormy Daniels to keep quiet about their extramarital affair. And you respond and say something along the lines of, well, it's wrong and it's creepy. It's not illegal. But what about Bill Clinton lying under oath about having sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky? It's not what about ism. It's about establishing principles or standards. Or when someone calls Trump a racist, and I'm still waiting for an example of racism on the part of Donald Trump. But you point out this. What do you think of Cory Booker's, and you didn't comment on him, and you're, feel free oh, to... Oh, I, I adore no, him. What do you think about him saying, kicked him in the shins, essentially, start to get to that kind of political... Well, that was Eric Holder. Yeah, Eric Holder. Oh, Eric Holder, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know they all look alike. Or her having a long-time, high-ranking KKK official as her mentor, or having Margaret Sanger being a hero of hers. That's not what aboutism. That's a clear indication of her racism, whereas Donald Trump, all they say is racist with no supporting evidence whatsoever. So you can't have it both ways. When someone says that you're engaging in whataboutism, stand your ground. It's not about whataboutism. It's about having principles. Principles don't care about feelings. Principles don't care about left or right, Democrat or Republican. Principles are the foundation upon which truth and justice are built. If they bend with the wind or can be adjusted depending upon who occupies the White House or who is in power in Congress, then they cease to be principles and the whole system starts to crumble. And we're starting to see some evidence of that in, in, in today's political climate, where everything is relative. Everything is about me and how I feel, and if it makes me feel good, then then, then, then that's the way it should be. That's not a principled way to be. Principles about right and wrong, good and evil, and it's a standard, and you have to have those standards because otherwise, like I said earlier, the whole system just falls apart. And that's a concept that the left just seems to always fail to, to grasp, and that is the fact that People like me, conservatives, actually have a set of principles by which they operate. And those principles guide how we vote, how we interact with people, how we live our lives. And they're not subject to changing winds. Those, the, those things may change in light of new information, but that new information, at least for me, is going to have to be vetted and checked and proved to make sure that whatever opinion that I have that's being changed by this new set of circumstances is valid. That doesn't seem to happen on the left. The left is whatever is, is politically expedient, the, the whatever gets them back into power. And that's not a principled way to be. So if you're engaged in a discussion, whether it's online or in person, and somebody comes at you with that whataboutism, if you're coming at the debate from a principled, knowledgeable point of view, you have your facts lined up and you're being guided by a set of principles and somebody says, well, that's what aboutism? No, 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 no. Stand your ground. It's not what aboutism. It's about principles. It's about facts. And it's about standing up for what's right. And if you can get that person to agree that your principles are correct, that your principles are on point, then, then the debate can move forward and 
I would hazard a guess that unless you're going to debate somebody like Alan Dershowitz, nine times out of ten, you're going to win that debate. All right, I'm just going to leave that there. It seems I've, uh, I've run quite a bit longer than I usually do. And uh, so we're going to take another break and get you out of here. We're going to forego the quick hits this week. And um, it's just something I wanted to touch on real quick before we get you out of here. Uh, I find it pretty amusing, and I think you will too. Welcome back to the Liberty Cast. Uh, we're going to get you out of here now with uh, what I consider a feel-good story. Knockout! Now, I'm sure you're aware that Bill and Hillary Clinton have started this speaking tour where they tour the United States and Canada talking about things and stuff. When this tour was first announced, um, tickets were on sale for as much as 500 bucks, And for even more than that, you could uh, engage in like a meet and greet with them. Why anyone would want to do that, I don't know. But um, tickets have been selling so poorly. They just drew 3,300 people to a 19,000 seat arena. Tickets have dropped from 500 bucks to 325 bucks. Um, some seats as low as 83. But now in order to help drive sales, I guess they have put those tickets on Groupon where you can get them for as low as 35 bucks. And in fact, in Canada, um, one of their, one of their venues, they had tickets selling for as low as $5. I don't know. I just think it couldn't happen to a nicer couple. Um, nobody wants to hear what they have to say anymore. I know I don't, I wish they would all just go away, but here we are. And, um, it just puts a smile on my face. Not only are they having trouble selling tickets because nobody wants to hear what their sorry communist asses have to say, but at the same time, their foundation, the Clinton Foundation, is being investigated for IRS irregularities and mingling personal and, and charity business and a whole host of other things that their employees drop dime about. So it's about time because... These people are as corrupt as corrupt can get, and the fact that their speaking tour is not selling, and the fact that they're being investigated, that has made for a good week for me. And for those that dislike the Clintons as much as I do, I'm sure this put a smile on your face too. All right, y'all, that is all the time we have today. I was long-winded on a few topics, but um, I just want to thank you all for listening. If you have any questions, if you have any topics you want to hear me address, feel free to let me know in the comments section. Hit me up on any of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's at the Liberty Cast on all three. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know if you th what you think I can improve upon. Let me know what you think I should drop, if anything. Let me know. Let me know. Um, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. So... Uh, with that, I just want to, again, thank you all for listening, and as usual, keep your head on a swivel and stay safe, everybody.